Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Um, just have a few things uh, before I start in the sermon, um, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, first, just a, a response to kind of what was happening. It was amazing. Wow, what a wonderful, what a wonderful experience. Um, I want to share just a few things. First, God, our God, is so unique. I mean, he is, he's holy. There is none like him. But the uniqueness of him is he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, by being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is the God of Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. Now, most gods want to be incredibly, like, productive. Like, if you design a god, you're going to design them to be extremely fruitful. Our god attached himself to barrenness. He attached himself to barrenness, not just once, not just twice, but three times in the same family line. That is an incredible, and then before he comes, he attaches himself to Elizabeth, that's his aunt, and he's like, barrenness again. Why does our God attach itself to barrenness? Because barrenness never ends in barrenness. Barrenness always ends into fruitfulness, but there is something that God receives glory because it is God who opens the womb. And I just felt like when we were praying, I was like, oh. There's a, there's a, I mean, there is a shame that tries to come on barrenness, but our God attached himself to it and said, this is who I am, and I allow it for a season, but it is not the end of the story, ever. It's never the end of the story. And I, I mean, because if I was God, I would be like, okay, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but I'll just do it with Abraham. Because then it's, you know, that's my, that's my dad and my mom. My dad and my mom, they waited a long time for me. But then I came forth. But then, no, Isaac has to marry a woman who then goes through barrenness. I mean, that's an intense thing. By the way, no one wants to preach that gospel. But that's the book. That's in the book. That is part of the story. You know, it's a line in the story, but I'm telling you, it wasn't a line in their life. That was a lot of waiting. That was 25 years of waiting. That was, you know, I don't know how long Rebecca waited, but that was a long time. So much so that it says she was barren. Then you're, you're, now, now you're Jacob. Okay, well, my mom was barren and my grandma was barren. Then the woman he adores, the woman he really wants, she's barren. That is who we've attached ourselves to. I just want us to know that. This is the God. We like to anesthetize the gospel and make it the American dream, but it isn't. <laughs> it is a God of messiness and, and, and waiting, a lot of waiting. I mean, the God, this God loves waiting. He enjoys it so much. But then, not only that, he's the God of an untimely death. He is a slain lamb forever, and he dies in the most unfair, unjustified, awful way. He attached himself to untimely death. 
I mean, I was, I was four years old. My brother was hit by a car and killed. I know very much about untimely death, taken like that. But God, our God, sympathizes with us. He does not, he knows all of the pain that we could possibly walk through. He knows it all, and he's attached himself, and this is what's so awesome. The barren have a baby every single time. Like, the barren never don't have a baby. The barren always goes into a baby. And the tomb became a womb. That which took life and took it early, it became a womb where new life could come forth. So powerful. And that doesn't take away from separation. Separation is one of the most painful things that humanity can go through. We were never designed to ever experience separation, ever. Like, that was never, that's why Jesus wept when he saw death. When he looked at Lazarus, he wept because we were never, the body was not designed to ever experience separation. That is why there is grief. And we should always grieve in the midst of whatever we're walking through. But I feel like, but then that is not the end of the story. So amen. Okay. Hopefully that it brings some type of encouragement. Now, as far as prophetically for this church, I was just encouraged by the Lord that this is like Ephesus. I felt like the Lord saying, this church is like the Ephesus church. And he gave me just out of each chapter, what are the pillars of this church? Now, I don't know the fullness. You can take it for what it is. But the first is identity. The whole first chapter is about us coming into our identity. And this is a church that brings people into identity. That, that is part of who you are. You bring people into identity. And then chapter two is about bringing people into reconciliation not only that they experience being reconciled into heaven, but also reconciled amongst one another. I feel like the spirit of reconciliation works in this church. And then the third chapter, which I have to look again. Oh, love. First love. That's what God wanted from the Ephesus church. And this chapter three is that one where, oh, I want them to have all of them to have power to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth. Part of the dynamic aspect of this church is to bring people into first love, that they would find themselves in first love and how to receive love from God and how to give the love of God. I really sense that. Then chapter four, okay, I have to look again. Oh, equipping the saints. Yes, this is an equipping church. I feel like people are able to receive their gifts, their callings. Their co they come into it. They didn't know what they were made for, but the Lord then is saying, oh, here's gifts. So I feel like you people come into their gifts here. Woo, okay. Chapter 5 is about marriage. And I really feel people come here and experience restoration in their marriage. And I feel like that is part of their calling. It's part of your calling. It's part of your calling that people would be restored in marriage and they would also be restored in any that love relationship with the Lord. But I specifically feel marriage is strong in this church and rooting people, establishing them in marriage. And then chapter six, it's about children. And I feel, 
I feel like that is a new, like, there's going to be an expansive children's ministry here. I really feel that strong. And that children will be equipped in the ways of the Lord very young. Samuels will grow up here, and they'll be ones who easily minister. No pressure, though. There's no pressure. I just feel like no pressure. There's no pressure in it. I really sense the Lord saying no pressure. Like, but it's... Like, the children are just easily going into being with the Lord, you know? There's no pressure. They just do it naturally. But then with chapter 6 is, is equipping people to, in warfare. I feel like to war. I feel, <laughs> how do you be a first love church and war? Well, first love is the, I believe first love is the first act of warfare. I believe first love is, and identity, if you have identity and first love, you're pretty much good as far as warfare, but there are times to use the word and how do you use the word? And I feel specifically in warfare. So I feel like those pillars <laughs> are going to come forth, but I specifically feel first love is your, like so many years ago, Sean Bowles came to our, um, our place and he's, he said, you know, he saw an angel come with a lampstand and that lampstand was first love. He said, he's only seen it one other time. So I was like, amen. And he said, the church is going to be called to first love in your place. I sense that here. I feel like people will come into first love here. I feel like that is part of the, the fragrance that the Lord wants to receive from this place is first love. First love. So, amen. Okay. <laughs> and we'll just see what else the Lord does in the midst. But that's my main word for the, the church. I also, wow. Well, I felt like ministry time happened, right? So maybe, we, maybe I can just sit down now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like ministry time happened here, you know. But um, I'm going to try to speak. I when I, when I um, come to a place like this where I'm only going to speak once, I want to like, uh, I want to give you so much. So I'm going to try to do two messages in one. I just feel like two aspects, receiving from God and giving to God. So, you know, when God designed the human body, he designed the human body in a way that we needed to eat three times a day. Well, no, some of us six times a day, ten times a day, whatever. But he, he made us in a way that we couldn't just eat once a week. We could not eat once a month. We would need to eat. Be sat, Like last night, you may have had an amazing meal. How many of you ate a pretty good meal last night? This morning, and you were satisfied, right? You were satisfied. And if you weren't, you ate some more, <laughs> right? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then this morning when we woke up, what happened? Hungry again. That meal was not lasting. So then you had some breakfast, and guess what? You're already feeling the hunger again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but it's part of what we were designed. We were designed to be satisfied only to hunger again. He designed humanity to constantly hunger and thirst, be satisfied, only to hunger and thirst again. You cannot cast out craving out of your life. It's impossible. Humanity is 
thirst. There is nothing. We thirst for everything. We thirst for greatness. We thirst for beauty. We thirst for intimacy. We thirst. It is part of who God made us to be. But why did he make us this way? Because he wanted it to draw us to himself. The meaning of life will is, is. This is the meaning of life. Where will you be satisfied? <laughs> Where will you be satisfied? Will you be satisfied because you got that job? Will you be satisfied because you have all the things you've ever wanted? You have the house and the place or whatever. But even that, we always thirst more. You know what I mean? There's always the next item to buy. There's always the next, oh, now let's put the pool in. Now let's put the lawn in. Now let's do this. Now let's expand a little bit. Let's build another little part. Like it's constant. But if that is like, oh, if I have this amazing car, then that will be what I will be experiencing. Then our life revolves around trying to make that work. That becomes the meaning of our life. So God's like, I want to be the meaning of your life. I want all those cravings you have, I want to satisfy them. I want you to experience it from me. And guess what? You're never going to not thirst. You can't get it out of you. See, we've tried to cast cravings out, and it doesn't work. It does not work. We've tried to say, oh, oh I, can't, like, I can't feel that. And he's like, well, actually, I want you to feel that and then come to me and let me satisfy you. Wow. You desire beauty right now? Come to me. Look at me. Look at me. And you're like, but it's not the same as looking at that. Oh, but I'm going to tell you, it is. He actually can quench all of the things we're craving for. We want to feel power. We can get it from him. I mean, that, when I figured this out, I remember when I, where I was. I was like, oh my gosh, you mean I'm not to try to push it down? You want to actually have it draw me to you. I just want, I want to he wants to use craving and cause it to draw, draw us to him. Does everybody catch that? <laughs> because we have craving that we will feel intimacy. And we're trying to push that person in our life to give it to us the way we want it. And that makes us mad. That makes us hurt. That makes us sad. It does all these things. And God's like, how about you just come to me? I'll satisfy it. I'll satisfy it. I'll make you feel like you were the only one. I mean, he does that. Isn't that incredible? He actually makes people feel like they're the only one. And how does he do that? Because we, anyway, I'll explain that in a second. Let me get there. I'm going fast. Okay. <laughs> so how do we get satisfied by God? Now, this is the incredible thing. God gave us the Holy Spirit. But we have to participate with the Holy Spirit. That's why he says you are to be filled and filled and filled again. Now, the way God did this, and it, like one of the ways he explained this is there was this huge feast happening. It was seven days long. And in John 7, after he, it had been 
Seven days of feasting. He gets up. This is how dramatic God is. Jesus is very dramatic. I don't know if you know that. You can, you can say, oh, you're like Jesus to your wife. Because she, no, I'm just kidding. But Jesus, Jesus is extremely dramatic. He's very dramatic. Seven days have passed, and he gets up, and he goes, if anyone is thirsty... He stands up after the great feast and says, if anyone is still thirsty, come to me and I'll have living waters come from the very inner place of your being. Because what you just ate can't satisfy you. What you just drank will not quench what you're really hungry for. And the thing is, when you live in a rich society, which we all do, no matter where we live, how much we have, we live in America where everything is a button away, a push away, is we get deceived that they are filling us and we don't feel hungry. Okay, wait, let me say it one more time. Riches are deceitful because they make you feel full and you're still hungry. That isn't crazy. <laughs> That's why. Because <laughs> they're th- you're feeling full. You know, I mean, I'm going to just tell you, I live, in, I live in Los Angeles area, so I live in Pasadena. And Pasadena is pretty, it's nice. It's really nice. It's like your winter garden a little bit, but even more. Um, a little bit more. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> we have Tiffany's, you know, right in the middle. Um, <laughs> Saks Fifth Avenue, you know, I mean, like, so... Um, but anyway, so it's like real nice, but it's, but if I drive into West LA, this is what's happening to me. I should exercise more. Oh my gosh. Why don't I exercise as much as I should? I should, I should be exercising. I should shop more. Oh my gosh. There's so many beautiful outfits. I should eat more. Wow. There's so many things to eat. You know what I mean? And everything's saying, come over here. I'll satisfy you. Come over here. I'll, I'll satisfy you. I'll satisfy you. I really will. I'll satisfy you. Come here. Come here. And that is what's happening in the midst of that, right? Everything's promising satisfaction, but Jesus is the only one. So how do we receive consistently from him? He's like, I'll give you my Holy Spirit, and you're going to consistently need to be filled by him. Because yesterday when you were filled by him, you woke up this morning, and you need to be filled again. (laughs) And you're like, Oh, but I had such a good church service. You're going to have an intense night tonight. You're about to watch the Super Bowl. And like, so you're, you're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. You're going to need that experience, that good morning service of experiencing the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to need him again. You're going to need him this afternoon. You're going to need him filled. So how do we get filled? Ephesians 5. There's one. Right? Let's just look at it really quick. Ephesians 5. Real popular. It's Ephesians 2. Um, don't be drunk with wine. It's verse 16. Let's look at it really quick. Okay, but let me share something. When you were given the Holy Spirit, what happened to you is you were given the capacity for God-sized feelings. God-sized thoughts, God-sized desires. You were, yeah, you were given the capacity to have his emotional life. You were given the capacity to have his thought life. You were given his capacity to have his will. So let me tell you, when that happened, 
You now have this now even it more insatiable desire. Some of you have wanted to, you know what I mean? Like this is what happens. You you have to receive a high level. Let's it will not satisfy. So that's that's why some people are like, why is that preacher sinning so intensely? Why did they go to prostitutes? You know what I mean? Like, but you know what happened? They're so used to high level, you know, receiving it from the Lord that they have to go high level sin. No, that's that is that is real. That is a very real thing because we have now been given capacity to receive at a very high level. And so he wants to give us his emotion. Because sometimes we think of Holy Spirit. It's like, shatat okorra. You know, and like Holy Spirit's way more than that. We love that part, but he's way more than that. He wants to affect our, our thought life. He wants to affect our emotional life. He wants to affect what we're desiring. He wants to satisfy. And so what ha- then it says, like, this is why it's such a good analogy in chapter 5, because it's verse 18. He's like, when you want to be drunk with wine, when you want that feeling, when you want that type of emotion or that type of will, like, moving through you, whatever that is, you can come to me. Don't be drunk with wine. Come to me and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm preaching this before the Super Bowl. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know what your temptations are. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. <laughs> but be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's like, I can give you what you're looking for. I want you to, he, he put himself right in the middle of that. He's like, I know that's available, but I can give you what you're looking for. And so this is how you're going to do it. You're going to sing. You're going to sing. It says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're going to just simply start moving your mouth. No, you're not going to just listen to worship music. I want to catch you on this real big time. Do not just listen. Move the mouth. Move it. Move it, move it. You know? like Because if your mouth... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Guess what? It goes the other way, too. When your mouth is moving, it's affecting your heart. Okay? It's like a highway. It goes both ways. So you moving your mouth is going to cause you to experience more Holy Spirit. And he's real clear. He says psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, melodies. Psalms is this. Take a scripture and just quickly sing it. This can take five minutes, two minutes. It can be in the midst of your lunch break. It can be in the midst of your devotional time, but it doesn't just have to be limited to devotional time because God knows you're a craving being. And he's like, I'll make it simple. You know, just I'll make it simple. He said, you can just say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want the Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. You just start singing. Okay, so Psalms. By the way, Psalms, they are songs. <laughs> they were not meant to be read. I just want you to, the biggest book in the Bible, folks, biggest book are songs. This is not for the prayer movement. This is not for your little O-hop down the street. <laughs> this is for the entire body of Christ. Move your mouth and sing the Bible. 
Because he put his biggest book, because this is what he wants to do. He wants to affect your emotions. He wants to affect your emotions. So when you sing it, your emotions are impacted. When you don't sing it, you could just be like, okay, I did my good. No, because some of us treat it like a good luck charm. Now I'm going to have a good day because I just read a little bit of the Bible. He's like, no, no, I want you to... I want you to, this is why I made my book, the biggest book, songs, because I want you emotionally impacted by my word. Now, out of me saying that, five of you will do it. But I, I've just seen the percentages throughout my life. Very few will do it, but I'm going to still preach it. You know why? Because it will change your life if you do it. And if five of you do it, I'm so happy. I hope ten do. But anyway, like I literally heard this for the first time. I did it. And when I did it, my emotional life changed. I am telling you, I came out of any type of oppression, depression, sadness, and I was lifted up. I, I, I promise it's a guarantee. Okay, not guaranteed like one time. Guarantee, do it for a month. Okay, next thing, hymns. Sing just worship songs. Don't listen. Just listen to worship songs. Sing them. Join them. Act like they're the worship team and you're singing with them. Open your mouth. Okay? And then spiritual songs. What are those? Just spontaneous songs. You can sing in tongues. You can sing in the spirit. Like, but just sing, I don't know, like a lot of us just sing, holy, holy, holy. I love you. Worthy. I want to, that's why I want you to sing the Bible. So your, your words, your vocabularies, when you're left to yourself to sing to God is bigger. <laughs> we want a bigger vocabulary to sing to God. But spiritual songs, you can just sing in the spirit. And then melodies, sometimes you don't have words, but you can just simply hum. Isn't that humble of God that we could just hum and set our attention to him and he would still come? Just a melody and he will come. He blows me away, his humility even. But he's like, if you will just set a moment and just start to hum, I will come and I will fill you. Okay, that's one. Now... Another way that we can, we can experience Holy Spirit and being satisfied with him is to speak in tongues, to move our mouth and just simply speak in tongues. He gave it to us and said it would build our most holy faith. And guess what? You doing it this morning is not enough. You're, I, this one I'm trying to teach is you need it all day long. And Sunday is not enough. You need it all week long. So, okay, so this is just equipping you. And I'm, I said this, I don't know if I said this here last time, but I, <laughs> I have a lot to say. I'm trying to rush through this. Okay, so the other one is your eyes. Holy Spirit, I'm going to just, I, did I see this last time I was here about the Holy Spirit affecting eyes? Okay, I'm going to say it. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. And young men, they're going to see visions. And old men are going to dream dreams. So, and he said, you know, meds, men servants, maid servants, everybody's going to prophesy. It's coming to everyone. But he really, he set a target. He set a target on men's eyes. And he said, that's where I'm coming. I'm coming on the eyes of men. They're going to see visions and they're going to dream dreams. Who else came towards the men's eyes? The de enemy. The enemy knew that was the target and just came with the flood. But God, God set the target. He said, that's where I'm coming. 
I want to fill your eyes because guess what? The eyes are the lamp of the body, meaning what you look at the most is what will affect your entire being, your emotional life, your thought life, your body, every part of you. What you're looking at, what is influencing you the most in that place is what is affecting you. He said, if your eyes are dark, your whole body is. And he's saying, that is cap- you are capable of experiencing that even if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you could still have a dark lamp. Now, <laughs> I feel like I'm on a race. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to calm down. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but Revelation 4. There's a lamp. And what is that lamp in Revelation 4? It's the seven spirits of God. It's the Holy Spirit. He is a lamp. Holy Spirit is a lamp. And then, if, we don't, if, we're, not, if we're really unsure, in, in Revelation 5, it says, these are the eyes of the Lord. These, this lamp are the eyes of the Lord. Okay? So two places, eyes of the Lord. So he's like, This for sure is the same thing of what is inside of you. Your eyes, your lamp, I'm going to give you my eyes, my lamp. Just want to catch that one more time. God gave us his eyes, his lamp to put in our eyes, our lamp. That's powerful. (laughs) But that requires partnership. We must partner with him to see. And by the way, the church has not been taught how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit in seeing. We need practice here, folks. We need the Holy Spirit to become the greatest influencer over the eyes of our heart. But that requires time. And what does that mean? We take moments to look. Now, how do we look? There's many things to look at. Oh, my goodness. I have so much to teach here on this. But this Bible is filled with what? Images. He was very good to us by giving us tons and tons of images. He starts with the garden. He ends with the garden. He loves mountains. Oh, my goodness. He loves mountains. He goes to mountains all the time. And he said, come up here and you'll be with me. He loves mountains. Oh, and he loves rivers. Rivers are in the midst of his kingdom. He loves them. He enjoys rivers. There's rivers all throughout the Bible. He enjoys tables. When he's on the earth, he's sitting at a table. People are coming up to him. He loves sitting at tables. Like, he loves wells. Oh, my goodness. When people, like, people are encountering angels when they're near wells. Like, wells are really awesome to God. He loves trees. He enjoys them. Trees are so fun for him. So we have things to engage when we close our eyes. We don't just have invisible God to look at. He's like, because then we can get into the throne too, because he sometimes explained his throne. And he gave it from many angles. Ezekiel looked from under the water. He's looking under. He's like underneath the sea of glass, and he's looking from that angle. Daniel got to see fire when he looked at it. Then we all have the Revelation 4 and 5. So we have the throne. And then Jesus is like, I'm going to prepare a house for you. And in that house are many rooms. You got a lot of rooms to look at, folks. 
<laughs> There's so many rooms. That house is gorgeous. And that house goes on and on. The Father's house is filled with many rooms. The most, you know, whoever's the richest person in Florida, that, that house pales in comparison to our Father's. And we can look at it. We can look at it. We can close our eyes and he can show us. And he said, I want to be your biggest fascinator. I want to be your greatest entertainment. I want to fill and satisfy. Because the eyes, they are very difficult. They don't, they, they say more, 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 more. That's what Proverbs says. They said, oh, the eyes, they always want more. But he's like, I, I got this. If I give them my spirit and I allow them to look. And by the way, by the way, <laughs> now I've been a big dreamer my whole life, but that smartphone hurt me. Ooh, that smartphone hurt me. I am now looking at thousands of images in one day. The body only has so much it can store. And let me tell you, looking at images like that, you, you're too full. I woke up one, I woke up one night. And I saw, like, it was like one of those things where you're seeing a movie, but I, you know, it's like right there. So I went like this, like this. And there was a movie playing. It was every image I had seen that day. And he goes, too full. You're too full. I don't have any room to move with my spirit. <laughs> was I looking at negative images? Nope. No negative images. But I just had too many. So like women, okay, but anyway. But men too, whatever. You know, all the, you know what's out there. <laughs> we all know what's out there. But we both have the ability to have, we just don't have room for the Holy Spirit to be our main influencer. So guess what? We need time to look and to to. Dwell with the Holy Spirit and let him be our greatest influencer. Years ago, I barely was watching any movies. They just weren't fun for me. I just didn't like them. Why? Because I was being mainly entertained by God. And let me tell you, cinematography, even at its height right now, it still has nothing on God. Like, literally, I mean, I feel that's sad, but it's true. And I remember many years ago, The Matrix came out, and all these Christians were like, you got to see it, you got to see it. And I went to see it, and I was like, oh, yuck, that is not heaven. Heaven is not emptiness. That's Buddhism's version of heaven. Heaven is not empty. Heaven is full of life. It's teeming with life. And I remember, I, I, I said, I could have closed my eyes and been way better entertained. And I wasn't say, I did not say that to that person. Like I was saying, I can't close my eyes. I'm not like that. <laughs> I can't close my eyes. I didn't do that. But I'm telling you. <laughs> because I'm telling you because that's where we need to be, church. We have been given capacity and he wants us to act in it. Because he doesn't just bombard us with us. We have to partner with him. He always says, come. He doesn't say, um, how does he, he doesn't like make you come. He always says, come to me. So that requires that we partner rather than going to that. We go to this, you know what I mean? So that's, that's the aspect. And, and that's, I really, I want to do it right now, but before I do it, I want to say one more thing. <laughs> We're going to practice it. I'm going to have you all practice specifically our eyes. 
I remember many years ago, I was always used to going to the garden with God. Always. Like, I knew it so well. I knew the garden very well. I don't even know how to explain that. But that's what God gave the human. Like, no other creature has what we have. Right now, when I say tiger, you all just saw it. That's amazing. I say mountain, you're there. Beach, just got there. <laughs> it just happens. Palm tree, we're there. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it is in that he designed us this way. And therefore, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit that he becomes the greatest influencer of that part of us. Okay, what was I going to say? Okay, now I want to say one more thing. I want to share something about giving to God. Because what do you give a king that has everything? What do you give to him? Right? We give him our lives. Like, that's an easy answer. We give him our lives. But what is he like? You know, when you, go, when you have Christmas and people buy you things, remember those people who buy you things that they like, <laughs> but you don't like? <laughs> like it, but you don't like it, you know? <laughs> you, I mean, it's hopefully in the heart of people that they would want to give you what you like, right? <laughs> and the thing about God is he, he showed us what he likes. He gave us a place where he, we could look in, in Revelation 4, we can also see it in Isaiah 6, where it's like, what's around him? Because that's what you usually do. You go into their house, you see, you look at their, what they're wearing, you know, you, you get to know them a little bit, and you get to know what they like. Well, we got to see what God likes. God enjoys people, and he likes their presence. He likes them so much. He is a quality time guy. He, like, outside of quick obedience, his love language is quality time. He's like, yeah, I, I love service. I love gifts. I love, you know, words of affirmation. I like praise. But if you could give me something, I want your presence. There's nothing like your presence. No one else can give it to me. Other people could serve the poor. Even people that don't even like me, they serve the poor. He's like, but... And by the way, you can serve the poor. I'm not going to talk you out of that. But what God really likes is your presence. And nothing so else can do that. Jesus. No one else can do it. You're the only one who can give him your presence. He loves your presence. That's why there's thousands upon thousands that surround his throne. Because he's like, I love their presence. Oh. And I want to say that to all of you, too, that you could, out, you could work, 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 work for, the, for God, but that will never replace what he wants from you, which is your presence. He wants your presence. <laughs> and then guess what else he loves? Eyes. He created these creatures. They're so crazy. <laughs> There's full of eyes. They have eyes inside, eyes around, eyes everywhere. He loves eyes. He's like really into our eyes. He enjoys them so much. 
And I, he wants us looking at him when we're paying attention to him. He is your wife. You know what I mean? He is that person who said, look at me. Look at me when I'm talking. You know what I mean? Like, he's that. <laughs> he wants you looking. He wants you looking at him when you're being with him. He wants you. I remember once he said to me, I love it. When you make me feel like I'm the only person in the room. I want you to hear that again. I love it when you make me feel like I'm the only person in the room. Everybody likes that. We're made in his image. Everybody likes that feeling. And God does too. God loves to be like that we are looking at him in that way. And then he loves worship. He's so into it. Does he need it? No, but he likes it. He loves it so much. And he gave us, he gave us this template, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I'm just going to just break this down real quick. When we worship him, this is where we're headed. This is what the type of worship he loves. He said, the father is seeking for worship that in spirit and in truth. Now, this song has never gotten old to him. And by the way, just so you know, he loves repeat. Like, he's into it. Like, he has never gotten sick of that song, and he could have an original song every second. He is not, he's not surf, you know, he's not, like, doing a shuffle or anything. Like, he is, like, really into that song. <laughs> and so, holy, 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 what does that mean? There is none like you. He loves that phrase. He loves, there is none like you. We all like that. We like to be thinking, oh, I'm the only one for my spouse. I'm the only one for my, you know, whatever. I'm the, I'm the favorite of my boss. You know, whatever it is. Or I'm, I'm the favorite boss of everyone. We love that feeling. He loves that feeling. Amen. I remember once he told me, he said, Cheryl, it's my favorite phrase. There's none like you. He said, if you say that, so much is happening because everybody is trying to be God. And like you, you say, there is none like you, it lifts me high. There is none like you. Holy, holy, holy. There is none like you. That's the same phrase. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. He likes his name. He likes for us to talk about his name. He loves his name. I just, like, and he has so many, like, you know, names like Lord God Almighty, right? So those are, those are, that's Elohim Adonai. No, it's Adonai Elohim El Shaddai. But that's not just the only names. He likes so us recognizing his name, that we're singing to him. And I just, I remember, I think it was when, I mean, there were so many songs about his name coming out. And a certain season. It was when even, oh, what a beautiful name it is. That wasn't the only one. There was like 10 of them coming out at that time. And I was like, oh yeah, let's sing his name. He loves when we sing his name. Some of you, I want to set you on a journey. Sing his name. Like, just go for it. Shepherd, you are a shepherd. You know, he has so many names. We could do this forever. Okay, and then the last one, who was and is and is to come. He likes when you say, you are my everything. You are my everything. Okay, so let's just do it again. There's none like you. He loves hearing his name, and he loves that we, he's, our, he's our everything. He's our past. He's our, he's our 
present, he's our future. He, he is omniscient. There is none like him. Okay, I had to throw that in there. Why? Because I want to affect your worship. <laughs> I do, because I want you to get into heaven's worship as, like, because it is, like, if we want to aim anywhere, let's not aim for the trendiest song. Let's aim for the songs that God loves. No, I'm telling you. And he likes it when we're singing to him about him. And there's none, like, they're not saying, God, give me a burning heart. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry, but that is a pet peeve of mine. When we get into holy, 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 and then all of a sudden we're telling him what to do. Please do not tell God what to do. In the midst, when you get into that place, you just need to stay on him. Don't tell him what to do. No, it's, it, we love telling God what to do, and he enjoys it. He does, it's not that he doesn't like it, but in that place of worship, we want to stay engaged in only declaring and speaking to him. He enjoys holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. If we move from that moment and say, send another move, it just is awkward. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Thank you. She's, she, but it's not me saying this. This is here. This is here. It becomes very central focus on him. We are not talking about ourselves. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a third grade lesson. I was a third grade teacher, and I'm almost done. <laughs> okay. When I was a third grade teacher, I was worshiping Jesus, and he goes, oh, how I wish everyone was like the earth and only revolved around me. But most of my people are like the moon. They're revolving around themselves while they revolve around me. Wow. I want you to catch that one more time. Wow. <laughs> he said, oh, how I long that my people were just like the earth and only revolved around me. But most of my people are like the moon. They're revolving around themselves while they revolve around me. Yeah, we got on the trajectory, but we're still, around, we're still just about ourselves. And he's like, oh, I want you to get lost in revolving around me. And when we revolve around him, that will cause our worship to be very central focused. And I want those types of songs to come out of this house because we need way more of these songs. I mean, this is why some, these songs are so precious to the Lord. I'm trying to think of like, the, I love this one right now. <laughs> Dearest Father. Closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful. Just, like, you can't get anywhere. Like, that song you can sing for a hundred. I mean, it's one of those songs because it's just about him. I collect those songs because they are, that gets you right in the presence, and he loves those. Now, I think Waymaker, that's, that was it. We were there. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those songs. Like, we're just all about him. We're not talking about, well, we kind of get into it. When but anyway, no, just <laughs> but I mean, let's stay on him, okay? Sorry I'm doing that, but not really. I'm not sorry. Uh, because, <laughs> because I feel like this is where the church is headed, and we are leading a worship movement. And we want the worship movement, because I'm going to just share a real quick story. I hope Alan Hood doesn't mind. He hasn't always shared it publicly, but I'm going to share it. He said he's, he had this, he had this um, I think it was a dream. And in the dream, he saw a very fancy man. He, seen, he said it seemed like he was like a lawyer from London. He was in a very fancy suit. And he's like, 
um, the man looked at him and he said, do you want to know how I've led them? And when he spoke, he knew it was the devil. And he's like, whoa, that's Satan. Wow, he's such a fancy dresser. And he said he opened up his jacket and pipes started coming out of his jacket. You know, because he was the covering cherub. And so he, and it was all this worship music. And he's like, what? this is, he's like, I don't even get it. And he said, I've led them with these three words. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. And he said, that's what worship can become. And I feel like that is where we, we want to steer so far from that place because that is what the devil's falling point was. Look at me. And even in the midst of worship, worship can become, look at me. And God's like, help us. Like, you know, so that's where I, that's the only reason why I even preach like this is because I want to get the church totally on a different trajectory. Amen. Okay. Okay, we're going to practice. So I did receiving. God wants you to receive constantly from him. He, I mean, I could give, this is an eight-week lesson. I'm pushing it in, you know, 30 minutes. But I feel like we want to consistently experience the Holy Spirit. And then how to give to him. What he enjoys giving. Your presence. I want to capture that again. There is nothing that will substitute your presence. Your hard work at this church will never substitute for his, your presence in front of him. He loves your presence. He loves your eyes. Look at him. Look at him. And then he loves your worship, that worship that is directed straight to him. He loves all worship, but he really wants that worship. Okay, we're going to practice closing our eyes. And we're going to go to a house. <laughs> we're going to go to the Father's house, and we're going to have him take us to one of the rooms. So we're going to practice. I'm just going to pray before we do it. And then we're just going to take probably two, maybe four minutes, and just wait on the Lord and let him direct this time. So, Father, we just thank you that you want to engage with our eyes. I ask right now, would you just come by your spirit? Just cleanse our eyes. Would you just fill them with light? Just wash them with your water, God. And I just pray any fear of performance that tries to creep into moments like this, we just cut it off in Jesus' name. That we're before you, therefore we are successful. So I just pray, Lord, that you would just direct this time and you would cause us, just take us to one of your rooms. You have so many rooms. Okay, I just put you in this place, but I'm going to take you out really quick. One more, one, one more second. I just want to tell you a story. I'm going to do it, and then we'll go. <laughs> I promise. Because sometimes we get into weird moments. God is so, he's just so normal, too. Like, he knows how to talk your language. So many years ago, I did this. He took me to a room with a piñata. Like, I was like, okay. And then it was a donkey. It was a donkey. And I was like, okay. He goes, I want you to hit it. And I said, okay. And he said, many people have been an ass to you. He said that. That's what Jesus said. And he said, because ass is not a bad word to Jesus. And um, he said, and he said, but 
you, he said, if you don't get out all that pain, you're going to become the ass. He said, hit the, hit the donkey. I started hitting it. This is all in the spirit. Started hitting it. Candy started coming out eventually. He picked up a little piece of candy, gave it to me. He said, suck on that. You're going to see again. You haven't been able to see because you had so many planks in your eye. He said, this just got him out. Done. And that was the end. You know, I came out of that. I felt like I had 20 hours of therapy or I had had like the best massage and I had hit pillows for hours or something. I mean, like I had such an amazing experience out of that. And he's like, it's always available. Just you come. I have so many rooms to take you to, but I only want to throw that out there that don't think you have to go into a room with a rainbow and angels and clouds or something like he will do. He'll take you to any room like he's so creative. Okay, ready? We're going to do it again. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to throw out any religious thoughts. No religion in Jesus name. Father, we just thank you. Take us to whatever room you want to take us to and God cause us to experience you. We just want to do what you want to do. In Jesus' name. Just pray, you light my lamp. You enlighten my darkness. And for those who experienced rooms today, Father, I ask that this would just be the beginning. This would just be the beginning. You would be our great fascination. You would be our great escape. You're better than a vacation. You're better than a fat fantasy. You're so much better than an Amazon click. God, you're so much greater. I just pray that, God, we would experience fascination from you. Yeah, and we just, I just pray over each one as they would experience that you would take their little inch and you would give them a mile. I just pray as they would just practice some of these things that you would take an inch and you would give them a mile. I just pray for that, God, over their imaginations, over their hearts and minds. Just even as they just go to sing a little song to be filled by you, Lord, you would just fill, God. You would fill. And as they want to seek the eternal, I ask, God, fill them. Fill them, Lord. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to share real quick what God showed me. I would love if this was a more intimate setting, we'd hear lots of your testimonies. But he took me to a room full of sweets, and he just had me eating sweets. And he goes, I know you want sweetness. <laughs> and he just said, I'm satisfying that. I'm also fasting. Um, but um, <laughs> could be part of it. Um, but there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, but that's, I mean, that's how God is. I've, I've been to many rooms throughout my journey with him and it's, it's amazing. It's available to us. Ah, I love that. I want to pray before I end, which is in two minutes. I want to pray for the worship. I just feel like the Lord has special things for the worship in this house. I really feel that. And maybe even the visiting worship team. I don't know the dynamics today, but I just feel like 
there's a reason why you're here, and I just feel like the Lord wants to affect you. Um, I just feel like your times with him, you're going to be given songs. How many, how many of you are here, the worship team? Can you stand up? Or the worship, how about worshipers? Yeah, the worshipers. I don't always feel this, but I feel it today, that he wants to give you songs. The Lord wants to sing his songs through you. And he wants to sing songs that are uh, both, they, they're all three. I feel rejoice, tremble, kiss the sun. Whoa! Rejoice, tremble, kiss the sun. Tremble! I'm sorry. Tremble! He wants to give trembling words. Whoa! Trembling songs to you. Sorry if that's scaring people. Sometimes the Lord does that. <laughs> I just feel like, and he wants to give all three. I feel all three, but I feel trembling specifically for you. So I just pray, God, release the song of the Lord, the song of the Lord. And it wouldn't just be towards people. It would come towards you, God. I ask in the name of Jesus, you would release it. And, and I just pray, God, give them songs in the night. I ask they would wake up singing songs sometimes, and it would be straight from your heart. I ask, God, that this community would be filled with the songs for this community. I feel like the Lord's saying, oh, I want to open up, open up, open up, open up, open up. I want to give you songs that are from this community for you to sing. Whoa! I, I feel like the Lord's saying, I love Bethel, but I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you, and I have songs and sounds to come out of you. And I feel like the Lord's saying, it's going to, I just feel like there's going to be ease, an ease to it. And he wants to receive it. I feel like the thing about Jesus is he's an amazing receiver. He is not just a really good giver. He receives in such good ways. Normally good givers are bad receivers. But our God is an amazing receiver. He receives in such amazing ways. And I feel like he is going to receive what you give to him. Even when you feel like it's not that good, he's like, I'm going to receive it. And I want you to step out. Get out of the boat. I feel that over this worship. I feel get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Uh, you're going to walk on water, and the Lord's going to give you songs yeah. to bring people into intimacy yeah. in greater ways and to yeah. cause people to worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. I feel that over all of you. So I just bless you with it. I bless you, and I bless your times with the Lord. Some of these songs are just for you and him. Yes, there are those songs, just you and him. But there's songs you're going to sing in, in the open. And I just bless all of you. And some of you, those songs you're singing that you've written down, they're going to be in heaven forever. We're going to sing them with you. I feel that. Yeah, they're maybe just for Jesus right now, but we're going to sing them. They're very important to still sing. They're very important to still sing. Yeah, so I bless that too. And Father, I just thank you for just a greater depth a greater depth. Deep cries out to deep. And I ask God, release your waterfalls over these ones. In Jesus' name, I ask for the sound of your waterfalls over them. I pray, God, visit them with waterfalls. In Jesus' name, I bless them.
Amen. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's amazing. How many of you felt refreshed here this morning? Wow. We love you, Cheryl. We, we, we were just so um, blown away by the, some of the accuracy that, sh- that you had uh, released. And um, I, I believe when the word of the Lord comes out, he doesn't want it to return void, right? And so when the word of the Lord came out today, I want you to know that it's not just um, a general word. I believe with all my heart it was a specific word. And so how cool it is when the Lord comes and says, I want to give a specific word to RCC. Amen? So let's all stand up, guys. And I want us to, to, to pray for Cheryl that the Lord will just continue to open doors for her and continue to, to release that. Come on. Praise the Lord. Father, I just thank you for this word that will deposit in our hearts. We, want, we ask that it would be on good ground. It would be sowed on good ground. I ask, Father, in Jesus' name that you would release this into the soils of RCC, the soils of our hearts, Lord God, that will go forth in this city, Lord God, that we would become fascinated with you again as we heard the word of the Lord, that you want our eyes and you want our presence, Lord Jesus. I thank you that everything that comes out of that later is a result of those things. And I thank you for the destiny of RCC that has been strengthened today. But now I ask you, Lord Jesus, to, to release your goodness, your favor, Lord, upon Cheryl, Lord God. I just thank you for this amazing, you know, uh, I just saw this picture, teaching anointing that is like, and I saw shoelaces carefully being um, taken, like like carefully taking it out, like, and that's the ability that God has given you, Cheryl. It's like that you are able to, with your teaching, break down something so deep in a simplistic way that it's just like, just like before you know it, the shoe is unbuckled. The shoe is, is unlaced, and it's like it opens up the mouth, and it opens up the heart. And so I just thank you for this awesome friend, this woman of God, and I ask, Lord God, that you would continue your purpose in Pasadena and it really throughout the world. I pray that you open doors for Cheryl according to your will with this message that you've given her, and that she would always remain tender and close to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that she will never lack financially. And Father, we pray that for her as a body, as a family, that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that she ever asked or think. We bless her today, and we say thank you, and we receive the word of the Lord. And everyone said, would you give the Lord a big shout of praise? Amen. Well, listen, um, I... I, I don't think the, the, the worship team needs to come up here. Um, I, just, I just think that this is good, right? Um, I want you just to take this time, and I want you to take this time to, uh, to inspect yourself and make sure that we follow through with this. Amen? Give the Lord a big shout of praise. God bless you. Listen, hug about five or six people before you go and welcome them to the house of the Lord. Next week, we'll see you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.